Welcome to the Pop Culture Federation Podcast. I'm your host, Mikey. I'm Matt. And hi, my name is Ron. And we're bringing you today another quarantine edition of Shooting the Breeze. Yay. This marks, I think, one month being stuck at home, not going into the outside world. All right. This is one-eighth of a Mars mission. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yep. I signed up. To do the mission to Mars? Yeah, they were looking for couples because they figured that if you're going to be alone with somebody on a spaceship for eight months, that two strangers who don't know each other probably kill each other. So they wanted couples because they thought like if you had a uh, good like relationship, you could survive being together for eight months. Oh, oh so like it's... work well together. So it's just two people. Uh, yeah, it was two people oh, okay. on a one-way trip to Mars to set the first colony. Did you talk to your wife about this? Yeah, <laughs> I did it. I didn't, and then I got yelled at. <laughs> Wait, so you I signed up anyway? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not. Gonna, I'm not gonna get picked. I'm not an engineer or scientist or anything. What if you do? What if they're just like, ah, screw it? <laughs> How funny would that be? Would be like, all right, we're gonna definitely go outside the box on this one, guys. <laughs> We need we need to get some appeal to get people interested in NASA again. <laughs> we, we need a we need a teacher and a logistics specialist <laughs> to be the first people to go to Mars. We need a fresh and take never on what come we're back. <laughs> I mean, I told her I was like, if we get picked by some miracle, like we're going. <laughs> Mike, how could you say no to that? I was about to say, to if, you, if you need a second person in your couple, I'll I'll, I'll join. I'm not going to do anything to you. I'll probably, I'll sleep in the same bed. That's about it. You'd go on a one-way trip to Mars? Yeah. Why not? Nothing better to do. I'm just sitting at home. That's gotta, that's gotta be like, like you really have to be okay with your life in order to do that. Like really, really be okay with your life. Yeah. I mean like, where are you going to go if you have like a big fight? I mean, but, but literally I'm going to go to the other pod. (laughs) It's literally a one-way trip. Like, yeah. Like you you're can't, gonna... you can't storm out either. Yeah. Wow. Huh. From what I read, it was designed like it. You got to go in with the mentality that's a one-way trip, but you're there to set really the first colony, and then they're gonna send others to come back. But like the likelihood, like you're not coming back. Like you're gonna stay there and live out your life. While they send you stuff and resupply you, that's like they're not going to be like, "Oh, you have a you have a month's worth of food while you're there, and then you die." Like they're oh, going to yeah, send yeah, you yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah. and you're, they're going to have other people come eventually. It's just like there's no trip back home, so like you're stuck there. Because that that was the first question. She goes, "So they're just going to send us there to die?" And I was like, "No, no, no." They're going to try to keep you alive forever. For, I mean, for for your lifespan. For science. Yeah. Science? They're, not, they're not just going to be like, oh, touch down and be like, 
kill yourself. <laughs> Congrats, Murder you yourself. made it. Now Murder die. each other right now. All right, guys, now we know we can make it. Now we'll send another couple to see if they can live there. <laughs> I I don't know. Like, like literally, you would have to... Because like, I know that they have things like like FaceTime and all that crap. But it's like, like literally, you would be saying goodbye to like your siblings and your parents and possibly, I don't know why anyone with kids would ever want to do this, but like your children, like, like, I don't know. That's an impossible ask. You, so you can't FaceTime. It's to, to send a signal to Mars takes, I think 24 minutes. It takes eight minutes to get a signal from, oh, that's correct. From the international eight... space station to earth. Because wow. no. yes, because I no. was uh, yes, because I was listening to a interview with the the Canadian astronaut Chris Haddenby, something like that, and he was talking about how whenever he would try and talk to his phone, his wife on the phone, he would call her, and she wouldn't pick up the phone because it was a random number, and then when he sent her a message to call back, he would say hi, and then he would never hear from her because she would hang up because she couldn't hear him because it would take too long. And he said it was eight minutes between like transmissions. Dude, that's yeah. Like, no, that's, that's not, that's not right. All right. Because to, to send to the moon is one and a half seconds. Cause Nixon called Neil Armstrong on the moon and they had a live conversation. That's different. Because it's I mean, also, it's government using stuff rather than, like, landlines and shit like that. And the government has better, like, tech and stuff like that than we do. Oh, I, I thought you meant, like, NASA. Because NASA, the, it takes... Because to get to the moon... To send a signal to the moon is a, a second and a half. To send... to For NASA to send a radio signal to Mars... Delay is thirteen minutes forty eight seconds, and there's a minimum delay of four minutes on top of that, with a maximum of twenty four minutes. No, the shortest time is four minutes. The maximum is twenty four minutes, depending on where Earth and Mars are in alignment. But that's one way signal, and then you have to comprise a message and send it back. That's so, that's the biggest like waiting for a text on red. Yeah, I mean, did you see the movie The Martian? No, with Matt Damon. Neither have I. I, I it's on my list. Uh, it's very good. I read the. I just read the book. Um, finished it a couple weeks ago. Uh, but it talks about that that he he had to set it up and he had to wait. So he basically spent the entire day waiting for NASA because they had to communicate with. Um, he had made these placards with letters, so the NASA had to spell it out. So he had to like write a message. They had to send it out, and it took forever for the camera to move to the letter, and then send it back. And then there's um, depending on because Mars was so far away from Earth at the time, and then there's like um, blackout periods, I guess, from where when they, I uh, when Mars rotates and they rotate, that they they lose signal depending on where the satellite is. They he tried to Andy Weir tried to be as accurate as possible when he made that when he wrote that book. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you you could send email pretty successfully if you were on Mars, but 
FaceTiming would be not. Yeah. And that's, so, that doesn't like that doesn't help me at all. Like, I don't know. I guess I'm just not the kind of person that would like, you know, just could say goodbye to everyone forever. I mean, you know, eventually I'm going to die and have to do that, but like not by my own free will. I hope. <laughs> Fair. But you would. You also wouldn't get tacos. But, oh my god. Unless if you I found this new thing on Mars to make tacos like fifty times better, bro. If I couldn't have space tacos, what's the point? What's the point of going up? <laughs> you could Taco Bell could be the first like company franchisee on Mars. No, no it has right, to be. It, it be. has to be Halal guys. Oh, please. Hashtag not sponsored. Not yet. Hashtag we are different. Hashtag not net. Oh. I have an interesting story for you guys that I want to get your take on it. All right, what's up? So, um, you know how essentially the entire world is on lockdown and no one is supposed to leave their home or, you know, like all that sort of stuff, right? Yeah. So, yeah. do you guys know of the show called Big Brother? Yep. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, currently... There is a season of Big Brother going on in Germany that when that show started, the coronavirus wasn't that big of a deal in Germany. Like, it was started in, like, early to mid-February. So, like, for coronavirus for the West, it was kind of just like, oh, it's in China, and it's, they're closed down, but I hope it doesn't get here. So, for the people in that house, that is all they know of the coronavirus. They don't know what is actually happening on the outside, because Big Brother, you're totally isolated from the outside world. You're just stuck in that house, and the only people that you could talk to are the people in that house. So, like, the producers didn't say anything? No. As far as I know, they didn't tell them anything. Wait, I thought they already, like, had this reveal of, like, what happened when, like, when they told oh, them. Oh, well, I read the story about, like, a week ago, so it may have changed. But as far as I know, that they don't know anything about it at all. Which I was going to ask you guys, like, is that okay to keep that sort of information from contestants? Like, I understand it breaks the, like, the cardinal rule of the show, but... This is a a once-in-a-lifetime phenomenon. (laughs) And I feel like if I was in that house, and they just are like, okay, show's over. By the way, there's this whole entire quarantine thing that you're not supposed to go, and your family, probably somebody in your family already has it. Okay, bye. The Earth is on lockdown. See you later. I mean, at first I'd be like, this is a joke. This is part of the show. And they'd be like, we're German. We don't joke. (laughs) Um, at that point, wouldn't it be safer to stay in that house with people knowing they don't have it? Yeah, probably. It would probably be safer, but I'm not sure how the directors feel about that. I, um, 100% I would not tell them because the reveal would get monster ratings, man. Yeah, I guess. Oh yeah, it would be, for sure. From a TV perspective, it's like gold, but like from an ethical perspective, it's like really fucked up. Screw ethics. This is TV. <laughs> oh, that, that ratings bump would be massive. And everybody's home, so everybody would watch it. <laughs> I mean, German Big Brother is like... I think it's like one of the few Big Brothers left. So it must be pretty popular. 
Canada has one too. Yeah, but Canada. Ugh. Uh, I don't know. I, I I think it's kind of shitty to not tell people, especially when it can impact your family and like you can get somebody you know can get sick. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a I mean it's a scary thing. Um like it's something back in January or February people were like, "Oh, you know, like nobody knew what it was going to be and nobody thought that we'd ever have a excuse me, a big lockdown." Yeah, I mean, I kept seeing these memes about like, you know, plane tickets being so cheap and people going on quote-unquote world tour and it's like Yeah. I was I was seriously considering like going to florida and going to disney world for the last day before it closed because the ticket like the tickets to orlando were like 75 bucks so i was like fuck it why not <laughs> you know but now now my day no i, I fully a lot of people went a lot I had, a, I had a stupid cousin who went um i don't know where she went please don't tell me was she like, was here. one of the spring breakers uh i did have another cousin who was a spring breaker but i don't know if she I don't talk to her, so I don't know what happened. I, I don't know if she got it, but she was somewhere in or Miami, I think. But the other cousin, I think, went on vacation to Hawaii, and I was just like, you guys are dumb. <laughs> like, I don't know why you would do this. Like, you're both educated. Like, think a little bit. But they're like, oh, no, it's just the flu. And it's like, okay, sure. Tell that to the million and a half people that happen that are people like young people are dying as the young drake and... once said you only live once <laughs> that's the motto but i find myself every like other day or every couple days like checking in on my friends and stuff just being like you know, everybody good everybody alive everybody you know healthy being safe everybody mentally you know, strong <laughs> <laughs> that that too Cause I thought it'd be fine, just but like I I've seen points where if I didn't if I couldn't go outside for like a like a jog or a walk jog because I can't really run or um, walk the dog like I I'd, I'd go nuts and like I already feel it at some points just going not like a little stir crazy so I I can imagine what it's like for other people mentally speaking mm-hmm. um, with everything going on I had one of my coworkers like about a week ago tell me like. Yeah, they're ready for this to be over already. Cause they're they're the type of person that like you know they go out every night and they go out with their friends and they go drinking and stuff. And they're just like, can't we just open up the country or do like kind of like a like you know how kids do like a chicken pox party so that way people can get it? Why don't we just oh do cor- coronavirus party? And I'm just like, I don't know if that's such the best idea. So I know for like like extroverts, like this is this is a lot tougher on them like probably tougher than they're letting on but yeah i don't know for me like even as an introvert and someone who like i force myself to go out this has even been like a little bit tough on me because it's like you know i do like to i do like to at least like once every week or two go out to the bar or like go out on dates and and it's just like well that's not a possibility anymore uh no but i think something that i have been doing to kind of combat like being eternally bored is like I've trying to like set up schedules with friends and like family about like because like my one side of my family the past like two Sundays we've had we've had zoom calls with like the entire family 
and we've just like been giving that's a nice thing to yeah. do yeah and it's that's just really something good. we've been doing trying to keep up with each other and all of that and like we've outside of zoom calls probably the last time that all of the family were together was like five years ago so like it's really cool and now that like i'm setting up like a trivia night for my whole family we're like we're all gonna be like doing like bar trivia but on zoom that's a good yeah. idea and I'm, actually really good yeah and i'm setting up like movie nights like once a week and me and a couple friends we downloaded halo off of the xbox uh, game pass and like we're trying to and we're trying to do, like, old LAN parties like we did in high school and shit like that. So, like, we're just trying to do. And I'm reading, which I haven't done in forever. So, yeah. The first book that I picked ended up being, like, 956 pages long. So I'm just like, oh, man. Which book? It's called Fall of Giants by uh, Ken Follett, I think that his name is. It's about uh, a family during... Like or like World War Two era or World War One era because it's like a trilogy, where like the first book is about World War One era, the second book's about World War Two, and the third one is about like the Cold War. So oh the dude the dude who wrote Pillars of the Earth yeah yeah okay yeah so um I'm excited for that and eventually I will read that book even though I take forever to read so. But, so do but I. But yeah, I'm still trying to keep a schedule of a bunch of stuff in order to remain sane. And I hope that you guys are doing something like special because of the quarantine too. I am doing something special and thank you so much for asking that. Um what I'm doing is I'm watching this little known television series on Netflix called Tiger King. <laughs> oh yeah. It is the best. You know Tom Brady left New England because of Carol fucking Baskins. Baskins. <laughs> I will never financially You know, I this. specifically watched that series because of the podcast. Like, I was just like, I normally wouldn't, but I know we're going to talk about it. So I feel like I have to watch this just to stay relevant. Alright, so we have, to, we have to ask the question. Yes. Did Carol yes. Baskins kill her husband or not? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely, and she fed him to a tiger. One hundred percent covered him in sardine oil. <laughs> no, <laughs> I think he's in the septic tank. I don't think he was eaten. Wow! Wow! Yeah. It the the best meme I saw was like Joe Exotic convinced me of one thing, and that was that she killed her husband. <laughs> like, it, it, <laughs> like this dude was nuts. Yeah. All of them are nuts. Yeah, the most sane people. Like the most sane person is the is the former drug dealer who Scarface is based off of. He <laughs> no. just cared about the animal. No, like he was the only one. No, the most sane... some weirdo. The most sane person in the entire show, without question, to me, is definitely the girl who got her arm ripped off and then went back to work like nine days later or whatever it was. And then like her thing at the end, like, oh yeah, none of these people have any business like handling tigers. I'm thirty seven. I'm gay and I'm running for governor. <laughs> I have 270 tigers. God, what a fucking But the but the whole thing where his husband like commits suicide and they like they show the tape of the guy's reaction like looking at him live. Yeah. That was bonkers, man. Yeah, well, I didn't I was like, wait, is this really it? You know 
And I was like, oh, I think it it's hilarious. Like, watching that show or watching the documentary, I was just like, how did they get all of this footage? Like, even after the, like, the reality show guy left, be- like, they just have so much footage of just him doing random stuff it's because he he recorded everything because he wanted the camera rolling at all times so fucking bizarre i hate how the whole like documentary like is just more about the people than the tigers or like any of the other animals you know because like all the all the people in that documentary series are just fucking insane people Oh, oh but it also shows like how big of whores like everyone is because, like, you saw all those people lining up to go and meet, like, a tiger cub. And, like, to be fair, if you could, like, meet a tiger cub right now, where, like, basically, I think in the in the documentary they said, like, between one to six months, they're not really harmful to people because they're, like, not so big. Mm-hmm. But it's just, like, w- would you do that? Would you meet a tiger cub? I would say, like, 99% of people would say, yeah. I would probably would have before the documentary, but now I'm just like, this is cruel. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, before I probably would have, and now it's just like, I feel so bad for them. Yeah. Oh, and like the whole thing where like they were basically, was it Doc Antil that they like, they said the rumor is like, you know, he just breeds cubs. And once they reach a certain age, he just like kills them. He has a crematorium on his premise. Which, unless you are, like, a morgue, or you shouldn't have a crematorium on premise, I'm just gonna throw that hot take out there. <laughs> hot take, crematoriums are yeah. only funeral directors. I don't think you should own a like, crematorium unless you're, like, a part of, like, funeral services. I, that's a hot take, he, but just me. <laughs> if he doesn't want this tigers anymore, he could just, they could, I'm sure there's programs where he could give them to zoos. Or release them back to their natural habitat. You know what I mean? Not just kill... Like, why kill an endangered species? That's illegal, first of all. And second of all, it's animal cruelty just in general. He obviously doesn't care. He thinks he's a god. He's a... No, that dude's a piece of shit. And all those... A lot of those girls were really hot. (laughs) Mike, they they only married one among us. (laughs) I, I said that to him. I was like, how does this ugly piece of shit guy get like i was expecting like you know not i I gotta be careful like with what i say i guess really (laughs) i wasn't expecting them to be this attractive and then they to be to like fall for him and like this dude he's no brad pitt or like leo you know what i mean like he's some ugly ass dude who's weird and kills tigers, and and this is like, why are they in love with this guy? And like, listen to everything he's saying. And, and when like, women they get wanted to get close to the tiger, it's like classic like cult yeah. personality. And when women got into the ranch, he forced them to like legally change their names to something like exotic. No pun intended. Mm-hmm. Like that that dude was like a piece of shit. Yeah. And I was like, I was hoping like the 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 cocaine dealer, former cocaine dealer. Would have just, like, you know, took care of him or something. <laughs> well. Fed him to the tiger. Carol Baskin could have fed him to the tiger. I still, the biggest asshole is the Jeff Lowe guy. The guy who, like, showed up towards the end. Also, oh we're, um, 
this is yeah we i mean you probably have seen tiger king by now if not go on netflix it's a very good show a very good documentary it'll open your eyes <laughs> in a good or unfortunately a bad way. yeah but yeah i think that jeff low guy is the worst guy out of them all <laughs> personally yeah yeah he's pretty bad he also has the hottest girl on the entire show in my opinion but yeah that's just mike speaking yeah mike said <laughs> Doc, no, I think Doc Antle's a big piece of shit. But Carol, because he's only he he mistreats tigers and women. Bro, Carol Baskin basically makes people like earn a rewards level to kind of be like slaves. Might be too strong of a word. Indentured but servants. Like, and, yeah, like Carol Baskins is pretty bad herself. And like you know whether she killed her husband or not, she still is using like that money and like she's treating the tigers as bad as like any other of them and like joe exotic as crazy as he is he's got a good point like she keeps her tigers in a smaller cage than he does Mm -hmm. like uh, if the documentary like is showing like the the correct side of it but like yeah i mean that's that's screwed up yeah i think the most damning picture of carol baskins is the picture of the cage where it's like the tiger but like it has the little like hole for the for the water bowl Oh, yeah, yeah. I think that's the, like, most damning picture out of, or one of the most damning pictures. Do you think they set Joe Exotic up? No. I Like, like, did Jeff do, do it? Yeah. Yeah. Like, to get the heat off him, do you think they set him up and made him say those things, or, like, put the idea in his head to put the hit um, out? Like, a serious one. Like, do you think they set him up? Um, it's tough, because, I mean, like, it's on record for years that he was threatening to kill her. Now, whether or not he would actually go ahead and do it is a different story. But, like, if he was trying to get set up, it's pretty easy to do it. I mean, he didn't help himself, but I I don't know. I guess it's the way the documentary was made and filmed and all the footage put together. But I'm thinking, like, like Joe Exotic is just an attention person just seeks attention and just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think he, I mean, he's pretty dumb, but I don't know if he's that, that dumb. I think everybody else set him up to be honest. And he just went along with it. Like, yeah, this would make great TV. I'm kind of going back and forth on it because like, honestly, I think Jeff, whether he realized it or not, kind of gave him the push that he needed to like, you know, actually go forward and like try to kill Carol Baskin. So I think like, you know, whether it was intended or not, I still think he did it. Yeah. I think that Jeff probably could be a co-conspirator of it. Cause he's the one who was like pushing him to do it. And like, he kind of like laid the groundwork of like telling him that like, yeah, my associate, can do it for you and all that sort of stuff yeah but like even after like the joe exotic thing like when jeff was going into that new park like at the in like the last couple minutes of the last episode like the his other partner is just pretty much like yeah this guy's a fuckhead who's screwing me over like it's just (laughs) like and there's one point that when jeff was being interviewed he's just like you know it's weird every time i go into business with someone they always ended up being an asshole. 
And it's just like, I wonder <laughs> why, dickhead. <laughs> so, yeah, that was definitely... Jeff kind of, like, on that statement, kind of dug his own grave. Because it's like, well, who's the common denominator in all these? <laughs> yeah. I also do think it's funny yeah. that Joe Exotic would always talk about karma about Carol Baskin. But <laughs> he's the one that got hit with karma pretty hard. Because he... <laughs> so... Also, yeah, he did. did you guys hear that? Apparently, and I don't know if it's supposed to be this week or next week. We're we're recording this on April 9th, by the way. Um, like, apparently, there's supposed to be another episode being released. Like, a so, where are they now? No. Or is it like, I, is it like the live special where, like, you know how in the real world where after <laughs> they did the series, they did a live episode with all of them together? No. Oh, my I, God. I, Imagine all of them in the same room for an hour. Holy I don't know what shit. it's. A, I don't know what it's, uh, bro. I would kill for that. But it's like I don't know exactly what it's supposed to be. But now, like all these channels and all these like people are starting to pick back up on it because, like, after the documentary was released, like the sheriff who investigated the husband, like Carol's husband, initially going missing, is now reopening the case. Investigation Discovery is now doing like they're going to do their own documentary exclusively on Carol and her husband and his like missing persons case. Oh my God. And, appar- <laughs> and apparently Fox is like cooking up like another like one hour special about this too. So like, you know, quarantine was the best thing to ever happen to the series. <laughs> well, the, the, a lot of people on the internet were asking for this to be reopened and for them to go look into it because a and lot also, of the Doc amateur Antle got arrested and stuff. And his zoo got raided, too. Good. Oh, he's a piece yeah. of shit. Good. So, and I, I mean, this saga is definitely far from over. Like with any of the people involved. So, there will act. There will definitely be a follow up documentary, and it will definitely be the most viewed thing on Netflix. <laughs> mm-hmm. Man. Oh, for sure. I just hope the tigers are okay. Um, me too. Yeah. You feel legitimately bad for them because, yeah. like, you know, they have no—they literally have no say in this. And especially because and we have more tigers in captivity than there are in the wild, in by the, far, in yeah. their natural habitat, which is just sad. But one guy did make a good point, where being like, "Isn't the point of trying to save animals is by keeping them away from hunters and stuff like that?" Which I guess it's true, but we also have corrupt assholes like. Bagavon and Joe Exotic and all these people. So. White people, man. White people. I mean, I like that Joe Exotic still rocked the mullet after all this year. Okay, so what was the cringiest moment of the entire series for you guys? Or what was like the most eye-opening moment? Or memorable, like just something. The part, the the part that like irked me the most was when they like brought up like Carol Baskin killing her husband, and she just so like nonchalantly like, "Nah, I didn't." And like she gave you that look, and her like eyes just spelt like crazy. <laughs> you ever see somebody, and it's like her eyes, their her eyes said a thousand words in that one sentence. <laughs> yeah, like there's there's some people that are like crazy and then there's some people that are like crazy <laughs> and she had those crazy crazy eyes like um 
I wouldn't want to like cross this lady because <laughs> I'm gonna get fed to tigers kind of thing. And she just the way she said it was just like this lady knows and sees some shit and done some shit. Like not she's not just like Joe Exotic. She's a winner. Is she does whatever it takes to win? Like like Joe Exotic's like he's like like a, like not crazy but like crazy like an idiot kind of crazy. <laughs> crazy like and, a method. Yeah, he's just like kind of like that. He just like he wants attention. He's dumb. Um, he he likes the spotlight, likes the attention, and like that's like one level. But then you get to like the other level where it's like, um, I'm gonna say it with like a straight face and a smile on my face that I didn't kill my husband, but you can like really tell that I did, and my face says it all, and I'm you could just see it in her eyes like this person's nuts. Mm-hmm. That part like irked me, and then like I really felt bad when the they said like like Doc Antle like killed the tigers when they grew up, and that you know several times throughout that they found dead bone like bones and bodies and all that the craziest moment for me was when the director asked joe exotic how easy would it for him to get a tiger and joe exotic just was like oh yeah it's just two thousand bucks yeah so it's like what <laughs> the, the fact that it's cheaper to get a tiger than a car is <laughs> baffling I don't know. I think we, I need to start reinvesting in some stuff, you know, move <laughs> some cash around. Well, if you think about, like, supply and demand, there's way more cars than there are tigers. So you would think that... I mean, I guess the demand for tigers is low. But... I mean, the demand for pets is pretty high right now. So <laughs> I'm, I'm sure, like, a tiger is more than 2000 bucks right now. Yo, get a dog. A dog? Okay, okay. Would I rather want a dog or a fucking tiger? <laughs> First of all, you know how exp- you know how much kibbles you gotta feed that thing. Uh, not kibble. <laughs> Husbands. <laughs> I only have so many husbands. Ron. <laughs> um, if you haven't seen it, check it out. It's something else. Um, That's quite unlikely. So, if you haven't seen it and you're listening to this documentary and you're wondering what the fuck is all this, like. We're not ex- podcast. We're not exaggerating any of it either. <laughs> no, no, we're not. I told my I told my friends to watch it, and they're like, they're usually on the fence about it. And then like another friend was like, no, no, you gotta watch it. And then I get a text random, and he goes, "What the fuck is this? <laughs> like these, these people are fucking weird, out of their mind." And yeah. like, I'm like, "What episode you want?" He goes, three. I'm like, "Oh, it just gets better." <laughs> yeah. After the first episode, I'm like, "How the hell is this seven episodes?" <laughs> Like, oh my god. Joe Exotic is something else. Yeah, man. Speaking of something else, you mentioned books before. I, um, I finished The Martian. Very, very good. Um, but I subscribed to HBO. Okay. And I watched The Watchmen, which was very good. It takes place after the comic. Mm-hmm. The original comic. They're only making one season. Um, uh, David Lindelof, the guy who made Lost, was like, I told the story I want to tell. I'm not making it anymore. So HBO's like, okay, if you're not going to do it, then we don't want to. It's done. So it was, it was good. It's a little weird, but if you like the comic, you'll like the show. Um, but the other thing I saw on HBO was The Plot Against America. Which is an alternate timeline World War Two show 
Um, Man in the High Castle is similar. Well, not similar, but it's an alternate timeline World War II show on Amazon Prime, which is very, very good. But The Plot Against America is a book as well. So I'm start, I'm reading the book along with the show, with watching the show. And basically what happens is um, it follows a Jewish family in the early 40s. And Charles Lindbergh beats Franklin Delano Roosevelt for president. Oh, and the America slowly, like, you see it forming into Germany. And it, you know, you watch this Jewish family progress and like see how it is. So, um, I'm about the last episode that just aired. I'm at that part in the book. Uh, I'm a slow reader, so I probably won't catch up by the time that episode comes out. But it is good. It's a mini series, so I don't think it's going to go on forever, given the source material. The other mini series I saw on HBO I watched was Chernobyl. Which, um, it is graphic as all hell, but it is really, really good. Um, very, very dark and depressing. Um, so given the times, I don't know if it's everybody's cup of tea, but if you haven't seen it, it really, really captures like what happened very, very well. And it shows what radiation poisoning looks like. And it is, looks like the most miserable way to die. Yeah, I I watched that series when it came out. I love Chernobyl. It's really, really good. Also, it's scary to like think about government action watching that show. <laughs> oh yeah. And the amount of like so I mean it really happened, so I'll just say it. But there's like a scene where they have to go to these coal miners that they have to dig underneath the the reactor and pretty much like anybody who worked in that area was like a death sentence at that point so they kind of go to them and the guys are like so we don't really have protection like we're gonna like like you have to do it you have to do it for like the people otherwise millions in ukraine and belarus are gonna die and then they're like all right like i don't really have a choice so you're just sending these people on like death sentence it's it's incredible. And like, it's the only part that like, not irked me, not irked me, but, um, that part that I like was weird about, like everybody's English, like actors. So like you have these people portraying like these Russian guys. Like I really thought they would like at least try to do Russian accents, but they're all like English, like British accents. So like I was thrown off a little bit cause you hear people, you hear people speaking Russian and then they turn right into like a British accent. It's like, Oh, that, that was a little taken aback, but the um the makeup and stuff of the people that are sick and like dying of radiation poisoning is like jeez like that that is an awful awful way to go awful <laughs> but if you haven't seen it check it out um that I'd give that and I'd give Watchmen a go and then I finally finished Silicon Valley which I find very very funny and then the last two things uh the wife and I started Mad Men. So we're on season three. Mm -hmm. Mad Men is a show about... That takes place from 1960 to 1970. And it's about advertising in New York. And it's... um Fucked up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She goes, is this really what it was like? And I'm like, I don't know. But none of this would fly today. It's probably, it's probably what it. it's like now. 
um, they got like they got like a solid ca- uh, couple people in it, um, cast wise. But that's really really good, and now I can see why it won all those awards. Mm-hmm. And then one that I found because I um, I posted on Reddit. So I was looking up uh, wrestling documentaries, and I was just watching a bunch of wrestling doc uh, stuff on YouTube and on WWE Network. So um, started with WWE Network had a thing about uh, ruthless aggression era. Mm-hmm. Oh, but uh, somebody's like, "Oh, you should check out Dark Side of the Ring on Vice." I was just about to recommend that to you. Yeah, I binge season one and then i'm watching season two on youtube i watched the benoit episodes yo the benoit ones that was so sad or the redacted ones redacted yeah (laughs) that was so like so sad really is david benoit is he's trying to be a pro wrestler and but nobody's gonna give him a shot like a real shot I, I think AEW might, they might, um, I think he given needs, the circumstance. I think his talent needs to transcend his name. <laughs> he looks just like him. I know. That's... Like, I, he looks just like Redacted. It's not even Every fun. time that they had him up on the interview, it was just amazing. Rod, you should, you should give it a watch, because it's really good for even non-wrestling fans. Like, it's a really important story to tell. It's on YouTube. It's on... I know that the Benoit episode is on the Vice channel. Vice made it. Yeah. And I saw that the... I Before we started recording, I saw that the Brawl for All episode is up on YouTube now. Which I... Yeah, I watched that one yesterday. I'm excited to see that. <clears throat> Just to watch Billy Bean again. Oh, my God. <laughs> Butterbean, I mean. But they show Butterbean today. In the, oh, no. I was like, oh. Oh, God. No, that Dark Side of the Ring is really, really good. I don't know what the next week's episode is. Oh, Jimmy Snooker. Uh oh. <laughs> oh wait, I I think I saw, I think I saw that as like a recommended video on YouTube, but I wasn't sure how many parts it was, so I didn't click on it because I wanted it to like, you know, I wanted to make sure I could see the full thing like in its entirety. I think each the series is itself is like an hour and a half, like each ep, like. Yeah, the, they're about yeah. There's something like the that. Benoit one on YouTube was two parts, and it was like an hour and a half total. Oh, okay. The season one is six episodes, um, and then they're all on Vice. Or Vice made the whole thing, but they're all on the Vice YouTube channel. And then season two, Ben started with Benoit. It was Benoit episode one and two. Then the New Jack episode, and then Brawl for All. Isn't Owen so Hart supposed that. to be in this season too? I, I think Owen Hart's the season finale. Oh shit. Oh, man. <laughs> um, oh, God, that's... Yeah, oh, it, it's... Yeah, uh, just to give you very, the amount of well subjects done. that they talk about. <laughs> like, the Bruiser Brody one in season one was a very good episode. Uh, they talked about the one about the fabulous Moolah. Are they going to do an episode on the Great Collie? <laughs> he didn't... Nothing happened to him. What? You don't know that. <laughs> what about the Hurricane? He's still alive. And Gene... <laughs> Sugar Shane Helms? Yeah. What about Scotty oh, Too Hot? Um, dude, he could do the worm. He was too <laughs> wow. He was, he was too hot for America. Other than those things, I want we watched the Lion King, the the live action one. It was alright. 
Um, I've been reading a lot of Naruto manga, and um, I do a podcast. I'm a guest on a podcast called X's for Podcast, uh, where they talk about all things X Men. So I'm uh, the I'm on the episodes about Alpha Flight. Nice. So I've been I've been reading that again to record the latest Alpha Flight episodes. Um, so that's been pretty good, but I've been trying to watch, I'm, I pretty much exhausted my things on YouTube. So I've been rewatching some game chasers when, um, in our bills episode, shout out to Billy chaser of the game chasers, um, and seeing some other things, uh, 616 entertainment as opposed to some pretty good stuff, um, about like Mortal Kombat and wrestling and various games. If you have ever played the SmackDown games or any Mortal Kombat or the WCW wrestling games. Uh, he does, a, uh, he talked about every single one and then he may combine them all into a movie and they're about like an hour and change long. Uh, excellent done. Very, very good quality. The other thing. So somebody I went to high school with, I had a wood shop with this guy, right? Um, and, he, we call him six pack because he was like, oh, by the time he was a freshman and I was a junior, he's like, oh, by the time I'm like, gonna be a senior, I'm gonna have a six pack. So I always referred to him as six pack. And then one day randomly, I was online at a Walmart and for the uh, Super Nintendo Mini, and he was behind me. So I was talking to him. I was like, yo, six pack. And we were like, oh, we like started following each other on Twitter. So he's a pro Gears of War player. Wow. So that's how I was talking about that. But then he starts posting like tweets about like Pokemon videos, like vintage Pokemon, like cards and merchandise and toys and collecting. So I went on his channel and he's buying up a ton of stuff on eBay about. So I started going into like vintage Pokemon collecting and I've been going down that rabbit hole and (laughs) I'm looking at like the old card game and looking at old strategies and the top decks at the time. And there's a WordPress website that talks all about it and then mike don't give me my itch back please i got dude, rid of it he's he's buying like his youtube channel is called uh nunez n-u-n-e-z and he's post he, he posted he's supposed to have like years of war now it's pretty much just pokemon stuff um he's got he buys lots he buys figures and toys everything from the 90s he talks about like what to go find how to find stuff on ebay i learned so like there, there used to be a console called um was it the Nintendo Mini or something like that? Pokemon Mini. Basically, it was like a like a like a it looked like a Tamagotchi. Or do you remember those little was like it a um, mini Game Boy? No, 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 no. It was um, they used to make a they made all right, so they made a Pikachu Tamagotchi right, and it was yellow. It had like a, a D pad and two buttons. It kind of looked like a mini Game Boy, but it was a Tamagotchi of Pikachu, and. They made uh, a, something called the Pokemon Mini, and it was a console that looked like that. It was small, the size of a Tamagotchi, and you put cartridges in that were about a little bit. They were about the size of DS cartridges in, and they were they had various kinds of Pokemon games on it. Most of them were mini games, or like there was like a Tetris style game or something like that. And there was four, three colors. There was a blue, a green, and a purple. And I, I learned, I was like, I never knew about this. And I was like a huge Pokemon fanatic in 99, 2000. So I went on eBay just to see how much this was cost. <laughs> like, open, they're like 100 bucks. 
in the right. box, it's like two, three hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. And he's just buying up all this stuff that he's finding. So I was like talking to him on Twitter for a bit. And, um, well, if he wants to like go to... through seven of my Pokemon binders, he's more than welcome to. <laughs> as well as my three shoeboxes full of Pokemon cards and a and a garbage bag full of Pokemon cards. As long as you keep Raindance, um, he lives nearby you, I think. And after, you know, we can see people again, <laughs> I think you should do that. And we should have him on the show to talk about Pokemon. I have at least one Raindance. I need to go through my inventory. Because now that I'm love, I learned how to do Excel, I could probably do... Ooh, I know a project for Matt to do this week. Am I going to make a spreadsheet of all of my Pokemon cards? And did I admit that on a podcast? You bet your ass I did. I would love to play base set fossil Pokemon. So if you are if you have those old cards, like, I'm down. Yep, I have... That looks like so much fun. I at least have a shoebox dedicated for my older Pokemon cards. I have a binder that's base set, jungle, and fossil. All of them in a row. And the only ones I'm missing... I. I'm only missing like 15 out of the three sets. So. Wow. Yeah, because I used to. Like, right when I got out of high school and I started, like, working at, like, retail, I was like, wow, this is so much money I'm making. Better blow <laughs> it on Pokemon cards. And so I did. Yeah. Um, uh, life. Yeah. So I have a lot of those and a lot of Pokemon cards from black and white. It, this really makes me regret getting rid of like my original like base set and dark Pokemon cards like years ago, because now like who knows what they would have been worth. I mean, I can give you a website telling no, exactly you. what they're worth. <laughs> <laughs> they're not they're not worth a huge ton, but they're worth like enough where you can buy yourself like a nice dinner or like you know you could buy yourself something nice. Yeah, they're not like magic cards where you can no ma- where you can retire with certain collections but dude i knew of a guy i didn't know him well but he was at the same card shop that i went to for magic he was he's like maybe like 10 a little more years older than me so in 93 when magic came out he was like a teenager so him and his dad for some reason knew that these were gonna be worth something so they bought four of every card, and they bought unopened boxes, and they kept them. Oh my god! And then he put he got a safety he got a safety deposit wow. box in a bank, and he put them there. Of like the original set of the first original like seven or eight nine sets ten maybe, but he had four. He had twelve black lotuses total, twelve that I knew of. Um, I think he might have more because wow. he plays with some of them. Um, but black border black lotus is in really good condition went sold for a hundred thousand dollars graded um but you can get tens of thousands of dollars for them he bought a house yep from selling most of his magic cards are you serious and they yeah uh bought it's like if you had old stuff and you did they took care of it like his father knew he bought a bunch, and he put them away, and then he bought some so that they could play. And even the ones that they played with, they kept in really good condition. And I think that's the ones he still plays with. But 
the dude came to the store once, whipped out like a deck of like with lands that were black border, and those are three thousand dollars a pop. <laughs> Just casually and, whipping them out. And somebody's like, "Dude, put those away. I'm gonna let you borrow mine, the white border ones, which are which even still, um, white border underground seas are five hundred dollars now." He goes, "I'm gonna let you play with mine because I don't want to see you mess with those, like." You're walking around with like a nice car in your <laughs> pocket. You know, you know what I mean? Like it's magic cars no joke. Um go for some serious money. Yeah. It's crazy. Wow. Yeah, so if you have a black lotus out there, um send it to me <laughs> at PO box. <laughs> and uh yeah, we'll go from there, but um I've been going through like my I'm trying to clean my office man cave and going through my my stuff and just trying to organize and rearrange everything. And I got I don't know, a bunch of cards I've been going through, like Keyforge, Magic, Pokemon, Street Fighter, everything. Um, I don't know. Anything to try to stay sane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I've alphabetized literally everything that I could. My board games, my books, my records, my, like, my beer in my fridge, like <laughs> anything, like that's like the one thing to keep that keeps me calm, is just alphabetizing everything that I own. But now I'm gonna make a a uh, Excel spreadsheet of all my Pokemon cards, so that'll make me happy. You should. And then you should let me know what you have, so that way we can make decks. Okay. I mean, I have like a gajillion of energies like everywhere, so. Like that's not the problem. I uh, I was I was looking on YouTube just for like things to work out because, so I can't run well. I have like super flat feet and asthma, so it hurts to run. So I can't go far. So I like shittily jog, <laughs> and like um, I have the app where like you jog, walk, jog, walk, like sprint for a bit, jog, walk. So it kind of like builds you up. Um, it's definitely helped. Like I definitely can run a lot or jog a lot farther than I could before. But, um, I usually when I go to the gym, I lift and I'm like, not sure what to do. So I found this one video, um, an infographics posted like of the prison workout. And it's basically <laughs> oh, like no. what people do. It's basically like what people do in prison. And most of it's just body exercise and stuff. But one of the things I saw was they take a deck of cards and you have like um like let's say you have like six workouts right um so every day you pick four of them so like diamonds will be one of them um spades will be another hearts another and clubs the other and like let's say diamonds is burpees right if you draw a two you have to do two burpees if you draw a king you have to do 13 of them if you draw an ace, you have to keep going until you can't. Hmm. And then you do this, and then you shuffle the deck, and then as you draw the cards, you do a certain amount, or like like one of them is planks, like planks you can do. So I think you do planks for, um, if you draw two, you do it for like 20 seconds, 30 seconds, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100, whatever. And then when you do the ace, you do it until you can't. And apparently, like, kicks your ass. It doesn't sound like a lot, but 
if you're not used to it or is like because because of your how the deck is shuffled and you keep drawing new cards uh, and the way it mixes up like apparently you sweat so i'm going to try that out and see i gotta watch it again and learn all the different exercises um like dips is another push-ups sit-ups like planks uh, and shit like that planks burpees what's a um, burpee it's that like jumping push-up thing right like you jump jump up yeah you jump you go to the floor push up and then jump up Oh, okay i would do that too i'll join you on your quest michael all right let's do it and then yeah all you you need is a deck of cards on like an open area i think to do the whole thing like it doesn't take long like depending on how long you can do them the ace would probably take the longest but i think the whole whole ordeal is like a half hour to an hour um i'm just taking a wild guess on that but it's um yeah it's called the prison workout and it's basically what you do if you're in prison Does it teach and, you how um, to make prison hooch because <laughs> i'm in the business of that now i'm pretty much isolated at the mat cave right now so is hooch food it's like their own alcohol mm-hmm um, a friend of mine knew somebody who was in jail for a long time, uh, or like a friend of a friend, I guess. And he learned how to make a bunch of stuff and learned how to cook in like a trash bin. And apparently he was like the, the block chef. <laughs> so he wanted to make a video about how to cook like pretty decent food in a garbage pail. Garbage pail. Wow. And I was like, that's not a bad idea. What? No, just cook it regularly. <laughs> I don't know, man. Something about that trash can rice, man. Just makes... Once you taste it, you can't go back. I guess. But like ramen noodles, Fritos, and like Skittles, and you make a dinner out of it. Sounds like drunk 17-year-old me. Yeah. <laughs> And thinking I'm changing the world, but I'm actually killing myself faster. Wow, this is great. I'm just going to put Fritos on a Dorito. (laughs) I mean, hey, why not? Go for it. I got, oh, I got some arts and crafts projects, too, that I'm going to be doing that I'll post on the Twitter once I I make them. Yay. For the last time, I don't want macaroni art. (laughs) Oh, shit. All right, new plan. (laughs) What are you doing, Ron? I'm about the same. <laughs> um, I've been watching. I've been rewatching Breaking Bad. I just finished that, and then I watched El Camino, and it's really good because it's Breaking Bad. Uh, probably tomorrow, I'm going to be catching up on the last two episodes of Better Call Saul, and I also think the last two episodes of Brooklyn Nine Nine as well because I love both of those shows. Um. I guess my little segment today is going to be like, hey, if you've already watched everything that you want to watch on Netflix and Hulu, let me give you some other things that you could possibly watch. What other things could we possibly watch? <laughs> the other things you could possibly watch. Hey, have you ever heard of Crackle? Crackle.com? I'm sure you haven't because you're probably dumb. If you go on there, you can find some things that, like, you know, normally you can't find. Like the two things. That I'm going to be watching, well, probably more than that, Blue Chips. It's a film, uh, and it is like Nick Nolte in it, and he's a college like basketball coach, and he gets Shaq on his team and other good pe- players, 
And then he feels like guilt ridden about getting all these great college players on his basketball team. It's a great film. The Conversation with Gene Hackman. I think that got nominated for like Best Picture. Whatever. It's on Crackle. It's free. Go see it. So is the I Dream of Jeannie, Roseanne, All in the Family, The Critic. It's an amazing animated show. Go watch it. It's on Crackle. It's free. Uh, there, there's a few other like like places that could like give you some free stuff if you just watch them. So like, what's called IMDb TV. You would be surprised. You can find some like legitimate gems there if you just go on there. It's free. Like freaking Nightcrawler, the the movie starring Jake Gyllenhaal about like a like a police scanner chaser. Like yeah, that's on there. Pluto TV. Like, you can find some, like, gems on there. Again, it's free. And you can just, like, watch whatever. Uh, let me see. Some other stuff. Hold on. Uh, Voodoo. There's some stuff on there, too. Uh, what's it called? Tub. I-T-V. It's probably pronounced Tubby. So, yeah. Like, TV <laughs> Would you call TV. me? Whatever. Shut up, Matt. Like, you can find <laughs> some stuff on there. Voodoo. Like, you know, Voodoo. Is a is like a free thing. I know like a few episodes of the podcast ago, like when we did our Jeff's episode, Mike was talking about uh Jeff Goldblum being in the uh the adventures of Buckaroo Banzai. That film is on Voodoo for free. You could go there and watch it. Did you watch Buckaroo? I have Banzai? not. And so you can just like You should. It's the most Ron film ever. I know. Uh, it's on my list and it's not like I'm gonna be it's such a run. It's not like I'm going to be doing anything else for like the next couple weeks or months, possibly year and a half. So you can make a hard shell taco and watch it. Uh, I am a soft shell person, so thank you. You can um, make your own tortillas and watch it. You can also there's also this thing called Zumo, but it's like it starts in an X. It's like X U M O, and you can just like watch whatever like the big channels have up for free. And so you can just, like, watch all this crap. So, like, all this, like, you don't need to just have, like, Netflix or Hulu or stuff. Or, like, Amazon Prime, whatever. Like, there are other places to, like, watch things. And then there are some, like, other not-so-legal places that you could watch things also. Like, you know, Project Free TV. So, yeah, whatever. Just uh, find some way to occupy your time is what I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> We are not an advocate for illegal legends. Yeah, sure. <clears throat> or you can watch Legal Legends. That's going to be on ESPN too. Or you can listen to more episodes of this podcast. Yes, you should do you that. Could. Yes, you should. I think it's time to call it a night, boys. What do you think? Fine with me. I have to edit all of another, this. Another great episode of Shooting the Breeze. Thank you, everybody, for joining us while... You're in quarantine. We'll steer in uh, quarantine. We're all we're all in it together. Stay safe. We'll probably do more shooting the breeze while we're in quarantine, just because, as odd as it sounds, we have more time to do things. That and a lot, and a lot of our summer plans were kind of abruptly uh, have moved on, let's say, <laughs> because of the quarantine. So. We need to uh, do some emergency plans, so that's probably what's going to happen in the meantime. Yay! But we have a special series coming in May that I hope you guys will enjoy. We've 
talked about for a while. And uh, in the meantime, if you guys have any anything that you want us to talk about, please let us know at Twitter at PopCultureFed. It'd be greatly appreciated because we're grasping for straws at this point. (laughs) (laughs) You know how we keep talking about like watching a show or. Oh, wait. Yeah, guys, did you watch Desperate Housewives the first episode? Because I did. No, Matt, I did not watch Desperate Housewives. Guys, we talked about this. I was really excited. I'll put it on the list. I was going to. I was going to say we should like. I was, th- I was thinking maybe watching, like, every Matt Damon movie, or, like, we should watch, like, every Jackie Chan movie or something like that. Well, you guys do um, that. I'm going to watch Desert Housewives. Of New Jersey? No, like the show. Like, Desperate Housewives. Isn't there multiple? No, Desperate Housewives, not the real Housewives. Oh. Wow. It's a script? It's a fictional yes. show? Yeah. Starring Ava Longoria. Who was married to Tony Parker. Really? Who got, who <laughs> cheated on her with Brent Berry's wife. The second worst Frenchman in the NBA. <laughs> Who's the worst? Uh, uh, I can't think of his name right now. Rudy Gobert. R- Rudy Gobert. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, I'm Matt. Check us out at Pop Culture Fed on Twitter. I'm Mikey. I'm Ron. And join us next time for another installment of Shooting the Breeze. Quarantine edition uh-huh. in your house. I'm trying to name these all after WWF pay per views of in your house variants. So, <laughs> 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 all right, bye, mom. <laughs> <laughs>